Andy, my dude, have you heard of the magical website builder known as Squarespace? Ugh, not another Squarespace ad. I feel like every podcast is sponsored by them. <laughs> hey, 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 don't knock it till you try it. Yes, okay, it is overhyped. But actually, it lives up to the hype. Squarespace is like a website fairy godmother. With a click of a button, your site transforms into a beautiful masterpiece. A website fairy godmother? That sounds interesting. What makes it so magical? Well, for starters, those slick templates make anyone look like a professional web designer. Pick one, customize the colors and fonts to match your brand, and voila. Plus, the drag-and-drop fluid engine is so easy, your grandma could build a site on Squarespace. Well, she did knit me a lovely scarf last Christmas. Maybe website design is next. Exactly. And when you're ready to sell your Nana's handmade scarves online, Squarespace has built-in e-commerce. Add a store with one click. Get flexible payment options. Then watch those sales roll in. And when she wants to teach others her steezy scarf skills, Squarespace's new courses feature is just the ticket. Nana can set up her curriculum and enrollments and payments in a snap and become the next e-knitting influencer. Wow, you really sold me with the grandma angle. Sign me up for that free try. Just go to thenextreel.com slash Squarespace and transform your site into a beautiful Squarespace masterpiece. Well, thanks, Pete. Even though it's overhyped, Squarespace actually sounds perfect for Nana's site's needs. Appreciate the warning on the ads, though. I'll brace myself next time I listen to a podcast. Anytime. Let me know if you need any help getting that site up and running. Andy, can you believe we've almost hit 700 episodes of The Next Reel? I know, it's crazy. And with all the other episodes in our family of podcasts, we are well over 1,200 episodes of movie conversation. It's really pretty amazing that we've gotten to have these in-depth movie chats every week for over a decade now. And we couldn't have done it without our loyal community of film fans. Their support over the years has meant so much. For sure. That reminds me, we should give the merch store a shout out. Buying shirts from thenextreel.com slash merch is a great way listeners can continue to support the show. Plus, they get to support our great designs. Absolutely. I think sometimes folks forget we have a variety of shirts, mugs, phone cases, and more available. In fact, a great place to start is with a shirt sporting the Next Reel's logo. We also have that classic Fast Times Spicoli Surf School tee, or the weirdly popular Rusty's European Tour shirt. The one from National Foods European Vacation. Why is that so popular? <laughs> Search me, but we have sold a ridiculous number of those. I guess there are a lot of Rusties taking trips to Europe? We're always adding new designs based on movies we've covered, like our brand new design for a streetcar named Desire, featuring a streetcar named Desire. So if you want to rep your love of TNR and films, head to thenextreel.com slash merch. Every purchase helps us continue to have these weekly in-depth conversations. So visit thenextreel.com slash merch today. And as always, thanks for listening and being a part of the Next Real community. We've got lots more great movie chats coming your way. Welcome to Take 10. Welcome to Take 10. Uh, it's your fa- it's your favorite hosts. No, that's probably not your favorite host, but at least we'll be in top 20. But this is Take 10. We're our own favorite host, Kyle. <laughs> that's right. You're my favorite host, Rob. Oh, you are mine. 
you so this is Kyle and Rob we're from the Marvel Movie Minutes and occasional guest appearances on other next real film podcast things uh, but this is our little fun side project we like to do we like to find 10 things talk about 5 for me 5 from Rob and we're going to talk about it now in the previous episodes we've done we looked at streaming services and we picked our, our things there like here's the best stuff in Disney Plus or stuff you should look at in HBO Max this one we're going to get a little different. We're going to get a little deeper, uh, and we're going to make it a little tougher on you. So those ones were just a couple clicks away. These ones are going to require some work, because today's Take 10 is going to be on shows that were canceled before their their time. These are one and done. They got, only got one season, and they were cruelly snatched from us, so we never got to see the rest of the story. Now, obviously, there's there's the big guys out there. There's there's Firefly and things like that. We, we know that those are our primary shows. We don't really need to talk about those because they have their own dedicated fandom. I'm a brown coat myself, uh, so we don't need to <laughs> spend a lot of time uh, on those. They got a movie. So, I mean, like a lot of these shows you've probably never even heard of before. So, originally, when I came up with this idea, I said I wanted to make sure that they were all commercially available. Well, that proves to be really, really difficult because the more I dug into the shows I wanted to talk about, the more I realized... They aren't anymore, and yeah. it's really, really weird. It's it's incredible. Well, we'll get into this as we get into our list of ten, yeah, and then we'll, we'll probably have honorable specifics. mentions. Yeah, there's there's shows that even from the last few years, yeah, they're gone now. Yeah, I'm not even talking about like <laughs> Lost Doctor Who episodes or something from like right. the 1940s. I mean, talking like a show from like 2010, and it's yeah. gone. Oh, yeah, <laughs> like or you later. can't find yeah. it anywhere. Yeah, I mean, it's 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 really strange. So the ones I did are the ones I have bought myself. So that on my list, I admit that was just from my list. Uh, the ones I have uh, that have, I have actually physical copies of. So that means that if you if our descriptions of these shows are something you want to do, you can find them. They are out there. Now you might have to buy a used one, or you might right. have to to um, go on eBay or something. Or I, my suggestion is check your local library. Oh. I found a lot of those. I was I was working on a. Uh, a television show or a sitcom and realized that all the future seasons were out of print, but my local library had them for me, so I was able to do that. So that is my suggestion to you. Check your local library. Librarians are still out there, still working hard, even if their libraries are closed. So, Well, I, well there's digital. The libraries yes, have gone digital, yes, and, exactly. and we all know. I don't know if I've ever mentioned this. I mean, I, I have a love-hate relationship with libraries. Um Mainly just because intellectual property law doesn't apply there, but that's okay. <laughs> Support your artists, but no. But libraries are thank you, one. Ben Franklin. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, Ben. <laughs> thanks. Um, no, look, the, the no libraries is great, and also you know what? Uh, obviously, as long as you're safe during these times, sure. uh, any of your used media, used bookstores of yeah. choice. Oh, absolutely. Um, that's a really, good choice, too. Exactly. Support them and and stuff. So uh, there there are ways to find them, and yeah, I mean there will be shows here. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you're only going to hear our love for these shows, and it, you will have to go on a bit of a hunt to find them. Yeah, so these are our, our top ten one-and-done shows. Uh, so go ahead, Rob, start us off. Okay, so now I wanted to start, first of all, and I'm only bringing the show up because we already mentioned one of the shows that would have been in the top ten, is The Brink from HBO. You can watch on HBO Max. It was mm -hmm. this great uh, political theater sort of comedy, weird comedy with Tim Robbins and Jack Black. I bring it up just because it's not going to be in this list. It was in the previous episode. HBO Max, you can go ahead and watch it. Now, the first, my my first pick, it's an it's probably an obvious one because it's a very recent um, show. This show is only from about six years ago. But I got to tell you, my wife and I have so much love for this show that I had to put it on here. And that is Selfie. Oh. Starring uh, John Cho and Karen Gillan. 
It was on ABC. It was in 2014. It's a, okay, here's the deal. It's based on My Fair Lady. And if you say to yourself, well, I don't, I don't, don't remember that. Yeah. That's why the show (laughs) failed. And here's the deal. The thing that's crazy about it is we loved it. We kept it on Hulu in like our, my shows area. Cause we'd like to actually just go and watch some of the episodes. It's, it's gone. It has disappeared completely. There's no, I don't know where you'd find it. You'd probably have to find an old copy of a DVD somewhere. What's really a shame I, is if they even put out a DVD. Yeah, so even I, a whole I, era of shows they didn't even put out on DVD. I I think they did. Okay. I think it was a quick thing, but I but again, your your mileage will vary. Right. Here's the thing that's the sad about the show is if you go ahead and Google it, you will find incredible love for it in critical reviews. Why the show is ahead of its time? It attacked self indulgent social media ego culture head on at a time that I I don't think we were ready for that. <laughs> I think if you watched it, I think for all of us who are a little bit older than our 40s, we watched it and went, oh my God, this is brilliant. And yes, our daughter, please watch this because you should absolutely see the take that they're having on what we're doing to ourselves. Um, I think that the audience they tried to gear this for was not ready for this. It was too and soon. <laughs> I say I, I, and I remember watching a couple episodes and then and then it was gone. They canceled it. And they they I don't think I think they pulled the episodes. They never broadcast most of them. If I remember. Oh, they had it was there was actually a controversy. They so they cancel it like five or six episodes in, yeah. but they had the rest of the season, like the rest of the six episodes, and everybody yeah. went. And they this will be a like, recurring trend on the list. Oh today. yeah. Oh no, no. Like like they didn't even they didn't even give it a chance. And it's a such a charming show, and it's so deeper in what it's trying to say. And then you got the My Fair Lady connection, which is hilarious. Yeah. So like they had they they yank it and they're like, yeah, we're done. And then of course, thankfully, there was a little bit of uh, of audience love that they got shown, and then they ended up releasing the rest of them on Hulu. Hmm. So you could actually watch the full first season. But just a charming show. And John Cho, which John Cho will make another appearance in my oh, list. Oh, interesting. All right. I said it's, it's my book. John Cho can do no wrong. Yeah. Oh, He's of course. And everything. No, and I'm, totally I'm, right. I'm, and I'm, I'm glad to say that uh, as last I checked, uh, he has made a full recovery from his very, very scary broken leg. Uh, yes. So they were soon to be resuming filming, I think. on. Uh, so l- luckily for him, it worked out that he got to have a year off because they had to stop production on Cowboy Bebop, the live-action yeah. anime version of that. And also, if you only know Karen Gillan as Amy Pond and Nebula, then you really need to see the other thing she can do, which is be extremely funny. Oh, my God. She's so and she's, great and in she, this. And pretty solid oh. accent, too. Yes. I mean, like she's, oh, yes. American accent. Yes. Oh, yes. So, yeah, good one. All right, so uh, mine is a uh, is a show from two thousand and six. So uh, since Palm Springs has come out, which you have not seen Palm Springs on Hulu, uh, I would highly recommend it. Great show. Uh, time loops. Uh, so we you have Groundhog Day. We have uh, the, like that thing. But what if it turns out on the, the, that instead of having just a regular day where you're you know either reporting on uh, a groundhog coming out or attending someone's wedding, you were accused of murder. And you had to repeat that day over and over again. That's the premise of Daybreak. Now, I know a lot of people are saying, wait a minute, Daybreak, that was a show on Netflix. And that's true. There is a uh, sort of post-apocalyptic teen show called Daybreak on Netflix right now. Uh, That is when the words are combined. So you have to put the space in if you want to look Uh. for this one. It's Day, Space, Break. So uh, Tay Diggs is a cop who uh, wakes up in an ordinary day but then finds out that he's accused of murder and then uh, by the end of it he's thrown in prison and then wakes up and then has to do the whole day again and so it is a like a 13 episode like cop procedural thing except that it's a mystery he's trying to uncover even though 
everything resets at this at the end of the day. But it's it's really interesting how they sort of play this out because they don't do the typical everything about it. Like he at one point he gets shot. And then he's like, oh, don't worry. It's like, if I can just make it to midnight, I'll be fine or whatever. You know? And so then he makes a time and then wakes up and he still has the gunshot wound. So oh, he wakes up in bed no. the next day, you know, his girlfriend, you know, went to bed and like rolls over and suddenly he's there with a gunshot wound. Uh, so it turns out that his injuries continue over to the next day and stuff too. And it is, it is a fascinating show because like you get to see all these, like, because he tries different things, like, he's like, okay, what if, because every episode is called What If, so it's like, what if he does this, what if he talks to this person, and then one episode, he's just like, you know what, because he, he gets really, really far, and he, like, thinks he solves the case, and he's like, all right, great, and the next day, it resets again, so he's like, what if I just run away, and so for the next, like, episode, he just tries to just, like, what if I just got on a plane, what if I just rented a car and just drove out of town, like, what if, you know, he tries all these different things to escape and stuff, too, so, but it also has a, an amazing cast, not only is Tay Diggs, like, the lead, but uh, his girlfriend is Moon Bloodgood. I love, I was just gonna say, she and she's awesome. She's amazing. His, yes. his partner is Victoria Pratt, which, if you've seen any of the 90s show, like, uh, Cleopatra 2525, she's in that, you've got Adam Baldwin, you've got Mitch Pelegi, you've got... Yes. Jim Beaver, you've got Nestor Carbonell from Lost. I mean, like this is like a who's who of like the these the great actors of the, the early two thousands. Uh, this was created by Paul Zabuski, who went from this to uh, a little show called uh, Lost. Yeah, uh, and then Marvel's Agents of Shield and the recently canceled Hellstrom. So he did pretty good too. He's got a bona fide track record. This was released on DVD. Uh, so you can track it down. It's out of print now, but you can still, it's still available. I, I think uh, somebody was selling it on Amazon for like five bucks or something like that, and it is well worth the five bucks. And it also was interesting because in 2006 was sort of just the dawning of the online thing, and so this was right. the, one of the first shows ABC ever put up the rest of the episodes on. So they, they aired it like four episodes and then canceled it. And then put the rest of them online. So you had to go to abc.com to watch it because this is pre-Hulu, pre-Netflix. I mean, any of this stuff. But it was one of the first times you could do that. So it was uh, sort of precedent saying that way. But it's a lot of fun. Uh, and it's a really, really good mystery. And then uh, how – and but it's, it's sort of like it's more about the mystery, not about the, the machinations of time travel. So it's similar to Palm Springs in that way where it's, uh, it's more about the story, not about like what are the metaphysics of, of how this is happening. Okay, I think if they had gotten further seasons, they probably would have explored that more. Right. Okay, what a great pick. I remember this show because, okay, was a big fan of, of uh, Moon Bloodgood. Yeah. She, the year that this show came out was the same year that Eight Below came out, which was the Disney film about the um, the snow uh, oh, dogs yeah. The, the, yeah. And, uh, featuring the late Paul Walker. And uh, we loved that movie, took our daughter to that, thought yeah. that movie was amazing and thought she was awesome. And then, yeah, that's how we ended up, I think that's how we ended up watching the show. So... Oh, good pick. Oh, yeah. She was in Terminator Salvation, too, if you saw that. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Jeez. What you got next? All right. So our next pick. Okay. So uh, interesting. I put this here because I kind of, it's a John Cho, another John Cho series. Also, we've already mentioned Lost. This show was trying to pick the, take the baton <laughs> from Lost. This is a little ABC television series called Flash Forward. Oh, uh, yes. I remember. I've watched every episode of this show. And, and I, I got to tell you. I've about it in years, Rob. Oh, wait. And we, Margie and I, my wife and I watched this. We loved this. We totally got into it. We loved John Cho. Yeah. We thought this was cool. The The concept was, it was, again, it was like one of those, again, fully in the, into the, into the mold of Lost. Yeah. A total WTF. Like, what is happening? This one was a moment where the, everyone on the earth lost consciousness for like, what, a few minutes. 
mm-hmm. and then um, they had a flash forward in their heads of like what was going on in their life five years from that moment. And for the people, and then what you found as you watch the show is for the people who had nothing in the five in the flash forward, that's because they had died between that moment. <laughs> flash forward so it freaked everybody out like everybody's all just like what's happening this was i mean they really set up a very ambitious story that had this crazy stuff i mean everything from you can imagine like everyone blacks out so like planes crash like all this crazy bedlam stuff happens um almost like a little bit like a little snappish right so i mean like you had all that oh and by the way this is a brandon braga uh David Goyer show. So, I mean, you know, they understood the, the, the way in which, you know, storytelling and all this and the way you want to like freak people out with their, with their episodes works. But, um, but it was really kind of neat in that they were really trying to put the puzzle pieces of like, when you, when you looked at the uh, footage during the blackout. So like, I remember the one episode, they had the uh, footage from like a a baseball game in a stadium, Mm. everyone passes out. Yeah. But then in the distance, you can see a person walking through the stadium yeah. and they're like How is what is going Who is that person how do they know? what's what happening yeah. i mean yeah. no it was such a great show we were so bummed and like um john and it has a big and it has a cliffhanger yes it it. that has a great cliffhanger the last episode that will never be answered oh uh joseph fines like i'm just oh yeah joseph fines no it was real courtney vance like i mean it was a great show and i yeah. and i guess it doesn't have a big following because no it's no. like a, nobody's clamoring for a Kickstarter no. conclusion <laughs> to, to that, whatever. I know, all these things are rebooting. Reboot fast forward. Flash forward. Exactly. Oh. Okay, good. bye. And you yeah. can still get it. Apple TV and Amazon and Voodoo. Oh, nice. Okay. So yay. For now. Yeah, for now. <laughs> Uh, so uh, my next one is a, a charming little show, and I'm such a big fan of this show that if you watch us on our video show, uh, you will notice a prop from this show over my shoulder. Uh, that's how much I love this television show. Uh, it is called Wonderfalls. So this is from 2004. Uh, this is actually created by Brian Fuller, uh, who worked on DS9 Voyager and created a little show called Star Trek Discovery. Yeah. Uh, he also created Pushing Daisies, which I would put on, I would have on this list in a prime spot, except that it got a second season, even though they canceled it halfway through the second season. <laughs> But, you know, you got to do what you got. So, Wonderfalls uh, is about a, a girl who's sort of like post-collegiate. She doesn't really know what she's doing. She's just sort of lost in her life. And then uh, she works at a, a curio shop at, at, at Niagara Falls. So, basically, she just like has a regular retail job and, and lives in a trailer is going nowhere with her life. And then some of the tchotchkes in her shop start talking to her. Oh. So it's this it's this weird charming thing where they they'll say the same message they have like you know it'll be like a stuffed dog that has a message for her and only she can hear it but it keeps saying the same message over and over again until she sort of understands the thing and so the thing is it's it's getting her to get involved with people and help them with their problems even though she wants nothing to do with anyone she's sort of like you know shut down but then it also then involves her whole family like how they're dealing with this as she's starting to go out into the world and do these things and she's your consummate mid 2000s slacker uh doesn't want to have but finds that if she ignores these voices they get louder and louder and louder <laughs> and so wow. and, and so like everything she's insane but then she's also helping people with their problems and stuff doing it's charming and it's sweet and it's strange uh it's great carolyn davernos is is the uh the, the one who plays the lead oh she was a uh, big in hannibal which uh brian fuller also created uh her dad is uh william sadler uh from like 
uh, a thousand things. She was death in the in the Bill and Ted movies. Yeah, uh, yeah. And also her brother is Lee Pace, uh, who uh, people might know as uh, Thrandall from the Hobbit films, and of course. Ronan the Accuser from yeah. the Guardians of the Galaxy and Captain Marvel. Uh, so, yeah, it's, it's a wonderful, charming, it's one of my favorite shows of all time. And one of the objects that talks to her found online the exact one, and I bought it. I actually bought a set, too. Another friend, I, I got my friend into the show, and I sent her the other one. Uh, so, yeah, sitting on my bookshelf right behind me uh, is this little, uh, this little monkey reading a book, which uh, prominent, is a prominent uh, character in the show. Uh, so yeah, so that is it was available on DVD. I think it's out of print now, uh, but it, and it's not. I couldn't find it on digital anywhere. Uh, but it is well worth the hunt. Uh, it is a it is a great great show. One of my favorite shows of all time. Well, especially because I'm. Well, I mean, again, if you're watching Discovery now, you're loving that show. So yeah, and, yeah hope, this, this is another side of Brian Fuller. Like he, this yeah. is just like him. Instead of like he gets really into the dark side with Hannibal, and even like the even with the early season of Discovery, which is where he was before he left the show. I mean, he created right. the show and then left it. But this is the other side of him, like this fun, sweet family drama thing with a bu- with a bunch of weirdness in it as well. Well, and and you know what's interesting is like that. Okay, that theme, and I've not seen this before. But that theme has been regurgitated in a lot of other shows. I mean, CBS has shows that right. have that same plot line almost every other season. Okay, no, that sounds great. Oh, yeah. wow. And that was a Fox show, right? That, that was, was a Fox, Fox show, of course, yeah. Like, <laughs> a lot of things, like, if, if it was good <laughs> and you loved it and they canceled it, that's Fox. Um, all right, so I, I, my, uh, my next pick is, I'm going to tell you the title, but it's not going to be the show you think. Oh, okay. So it's The Defenders. Oh, all right. But it's not it's not the Marvel Defenders. So this isn't Luke Cage and No, Jessica no, Jones? this is this is two uh two lawyers working in uh, Las Vegas being good to the people who need their help. Jim Belushi, Jerry O'Connell. Oh, wow. <laughs> this was <laughs> no. Okay, I'm starting to remember this. Okay, they dumped CBS dumped so much money <laughs> in the promo of this show. Oh, I think that's this is where I saw it. 2010 it came out in 2010 it made it through till march the one season 2011 okay and this is a theme my wife and i loved this show so much and and i'm a jim belushi fan i'm just going to admit it i don't care what anybody not not that i'm assuming that everyone wants to not like that i watched according to jim according to jim was wonderful uh if you don't know what that show is that's the show that he did Prior to this one, this was going to be his next big TV show. And according to Jim, I mean, that show was good. Courtney Thorne Smith, Kimberly Williams Paisley, Larry Joe Campbell. Larry Joe Campbell, right? Awesome. But anyway, The Defenders was just this fun sort of, you know, it's the buddy lawyer comedy. That's all. I mean, like, it wasn't trying to be anything more than that, but always really enjoyed it. Had a really big heart, and it was really enjoyable. They had fantastic chemistry. Jerry O'Connell and Jim Belushi, and you would think like, really? Yeah, you can get, you can still watch this Amazon and Voodoo, and I would, and I would actually recommend if you're into buddy lawyer comedies, this may fit the bill. Okay, so well, there you yeah. go. That, and, and you say that's available where? Uh, Amazon and Voodoo. So uh, for my next one, I'm, I, I apologize, Rob, I, I cheated a little bit. Uh-oh. I know we had our rules and stuff well. too, but this, this, the, but when you hear why, how I cheated, I think you're gonna let it go, oh, uh, because okay. this sh- no show reason. that was had one season, and was canceled, was revived, and oh. in its first season was canceled. So it's the oh. same show by the same creator done twice and canceled twice. Hold on, hold on. Let me ask this question before you yes. say what it is. Yes. How much time uh, uh, passed between 
the first version and the rebooted version. 11 years. Oh, yeah, it's fair. It's fair. You're okay. <laughs> Wait, what so show is this? It's a show called Cupid. In, the, in 1998, oh. Rob Thomas, not, not the uh, singer Rob Thomas, but the guy who went on to create Veronica Mars, created a show, and it was about a guy who thought... He was Cupid, and then his like the counselor that was assigned to him. So he believed he was the the like actual the god Cupid sent back to Earth as punishment, and he had to get a hundred couples to fall in love before he would be allowed back onto Olympus. So in the first season, he was played by Jeremy Piven, oh, and Paul Marshall was um, the thing, and and, and yes. it was like this was peak Piven too. This is before uh, Entourage or anything like this. This is like this. Oh is like yeah, gross point blank. Right, uh, I, I have vague memories of this. Yes, yeah, yes, yes. and so it was. It was this funny, sweet, charming show about love and like and, and all the things he had to do. And and the question remains through the whole show: Is he actually Cupid? Because he doesn't really have any powers. Powers, but he seems to know gotcha. a lot of things. And or is he just a crazy guy who just is trying to get people together? And so this show it lasted one season and it was canceled. And then in 2009, they're like, hey, how about trying it again? And Rob Thomas went, great. And so he got a brand new cast. He got Bobby Cannavale to do it. And he got it. And they lasted seven episodes and they were canceled again. <laughs> Third time's a charm? No? Uh, Third maybe, time? Maybe, maybe. But the, the second season was actually really good, too, because Bobby Cannavale is so damn charming already. Sure, she's yeah. And in, uh, in The Wasp. It, it did, whatever reason, it did not work again. People were just like, no, say no to love. But uh, both, even though it's the same premise done, you know, in 10 different, 10 years, they're both really, really good. Now, the first one's really hard to find, uh, but the second one, you can actually find the, the seven episodes they did before they were canceled, and that's on iTunes and some of the other streaming uh, things, to, I think, to purchase. I don't think it's actually streaming on any services. Um, but it is well worth checking out because it's just a fun, fun, you know, sort of romantic comedy about love. So, Cupid. Wow, what are the... Ch I mean, okay. I know, right? Vague <laughs> memories of that. Know, Jeremy like, Piven, as soon as you said that, I was like, oh, I kind of right? remember that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> okay, my, my next one. Now, I, I got to tell you, I have so much love for this show. And I don't know if I've ever mentioned it before, but this show, I just... It, this is 2009, and it is a show that revolves around a fictional advertising firm. Now, you'd say yeah. to yourself, 2009, advertising firm. Hey, Mad Men? Uh, yeah, Mad Men? No. This was a modern, this was set in a modern day advertising firm. Uh, it starred Tom Cavanaugh and Eric McCormick. Oh, okay. Which is great. It's called Trust Me. Now, this is, and this is where confusion settles in. If you Google Trust Me, you will get the British medical drama starring Jodie Whittaker <laughs> and <laughs> other right. people, right? No, that's, no, there, there was a little American TV series on TNT. So this okay. was on a cable, cable network. Yeah. It was such a charming show. And it hit me like right at the height of like my, working in the political days right mm -hmm. so like it was it was all about the pitch and how these two guys one was the copywriter the writer the other one was the designer and how they would deal with all of the crazy stuff that their clients would bring them it was amazing like it was it was funny it dealt with their real lives and all the struggles of their life and the and and for anybody who's creative it dealt with the block creative blocks that you get when you have deadlines and everything else i loved this show so much you had um, Monica Potter was in it as a supporting oh, okay. role. She was great. I love the show so much. I, this is like the show, my adult, this is my adult self, my last pick, which we'll save. The child <laughs> in me had, had another show. But for the adult, oh, I so wanted more seasons of this. <laughs> and, and it's nowhere. You can't get it anywhere. Because it was a TNT show 
I don't know if it's hidden somewhere in TNT.com or whatever. It's not. Um, this might, you might, have, I know it was on DVD, but, oh, I love this show so much. If you, if you're, if you're a creative person who's ever worked professionally or commercially in a group, you'll very much get the jokes and the traumas and the trials and tribulations of life. This is a great show. Loved it. Hmm, and great. Okay. Eric McCormick and Tom Cavanaugh. I mean, that's, you can't go wrong there. So, so good stuff. Trust me, US. Like, I don't know how you search for it. Oh, yeah. Tr- uh, yeah. Trust me, TNT. I would I would search trust, for trust okay, me trust, me TNT. trust okay. me TNT and then okay. you should you should be able to get it. All right, cool. All right, uh, my next one uh, is from. Uh, <laughs> do you remember ABC Family? Well, yeah, of course. Well, wait, yeah, the, like, the the network? Yeah, the network. I think it's become something. I think it's something Freeform, else now. Freeform, and then I think it changed and, again. Yeah, I think it changed. Well, again. what? Because you know this why? Back then. This why? was this was back. The, you know what? You don't have to understand. ABC Family was. Yeah. There's the before Pretty Little Liars time, and then there's <laughs> yes. the after Pretty Little Liars. So time. this is right about the time they were making that transition. So this show got sort of caught in the gears. I think. Of yeah. This this because little... this was a a a show that I think, if it had been on a streaming service now, I think would have been a huge hit. Okay. Um, but at the time, was just like. You know, no promotion on a no th- nothing network. Uh, I don't know with a tiny little budget, I uh, didn't have a chance. But it's lovely and charming, and it's called The Middleman. Uh, it's based on an actual oh. comic book that uh, Javier Grillo Markswatch wrote. He was worked on Lost, and so he left Lost and created this show. And the premise is is roughly that. All these organizations don't can't really afford their own special agents and things, so they hire the middleman. And it's the most ridiculous, over-the-top, say, mm. th- that their budget would allow. <laughs> um, but, I mean, like, you have gangster gorillas, and you have, you know, um, uh, you know an, an evil alien slime. Uh, and you have, uh, you know, uh, they, at one point they, they have to thaw out a middleman from the past. And, oh. uh, I mean, like, it's <laughs> it just, it's it gets, and, you know, they have a... Uh, uh, sassy robot uh, who like gives them their assignments and stuff too. Uh, you know, who looks like a middle-aged uh, mean old woman. Oh, uh, so it's and it, it's 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 really really funny and silly and and if you can get into the spirit of it, it's great. They got to do twelve of their thirteen episodes, which was a shame. But for the thirteen episode, which had already been written, they were canceled right like before they could do their their series mm. finale. Essentially, they actually got together at Comic Con and read the script out for everyone, and they recorded that. So you actually can find online. So there is a bit of closure for a lot of these things that are left open ended. That was released on DVD. Um, okay, we haven't had any overlap. I'm totally oh. impressed. This All is right. good. All right, so my final the uh, final pick, my final contribution. All right, so when I was a kid. I had huge fascination with uh, the space program, oh, okay. with flight, with all this stuff. I, I in ni- mid early nineteen eighties, I asked my dad to take me to go see the right stuff, the original version from like I think eighty three or eighty four. Uh, I'm had to be the only eleven year old in the audience for that, I'm sure. But uh, so I love that show, I love that movie. So uh, the year I think it was after that, ABC announces they are going to create a show in the sort of model of the right stuff called Call to Glory. Hmm. Craig T. Nelson played, and this is one of the greatest character names ever, Colonel Raynor Sarnak. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) The Sarnaks. And this show... You'll never, you'll, the only way you'll get this show, I guarantee you right now, is you will find it on a VHS bin in, in a yard sale. Like, there's no way. You're never going to find this anywhere. Because I'm sure this is vaulted away a long time ago. 22, 23 episodes. If you love aviation and you love the Air Force, this was an amazing show. 
<laughs> it was Craig T. Nelson kind of being Mr. Incredible way, mm-hmm. like, you know, before all this, one of his daughters was played by Elizabeth Shue. Oh, uh, wow. This was one of Elizabeth Shue's first roles. Like, this comes out. Like, post Karate Kid? Same year. Oh, same, same year's year. Karate okay. Kid. Same year's Karate Kid, 84. She's in it. Cindy Pickett, who if anybody remembers from like 80s, 90s television, Cindy Pickett was in so many different, you know, starring roles on, you know, guest roles, I should say, in a lot of like uh, procedural dramas and stuff like that. I love this show so much. And I remember watching it. And my father, this is the great, like, this is an awesome moment of my father just being very brutally honest with his with his young son. I'm watching it. I'm like, Dad, the show is so amazing. And he's like, Yeah, well, don't get used to it because there's no way the show's making it to a second season. Yeah. I mean, he was like, No, nah, there's not enough people in this country that want to watch a, an Air Force plane fly around in the sky for 20 minutes. He's <laughs> like, Good luck. Yeah. And I, oh, I wish I they to... would bring this back. The show somehow. I would love to watch the season again. But anyway, call the glory. Yeah, I, I, and I was my I, was, I had the kiss of death all through the eighties and nineties. Yeah. It was sort of like Auto Man canceled, Tales oh. of the Gold Monkey canceled. I mean, it was like I had like whatever show I loved, it was certain to die. Um, oh. And that includes uh, my, my final pick, too. So uh, for those of you who only know Andy Richter as the sidekick on uh, Conan <laughs> O'Brien, you really missed out because he had a fantastic sitcom that only lasted six episodes. Now, I'm not talking about Andy Controls the Universe. No. This was something that Conan <laughs> O'Brien helped create with Jonathan Groff. It's called Andy Barker P.I. Oh, it, yes! It only lasted six episodes. And I, I swear, like, this is one of the funniest sitcoms that no one knows about. So the premise is Andy plays Andy Barker, who is a certified public accountant. Like, he, he, he finally leaves his accountant's firm and opens his own practice, and he moves into a strip mall. But he moved into a, a, the, one of the slots that had been recently vacated by a private detective. So people keep coming to him thinking he's a private detective and he has to keep explaining to them and they will not listen. So as a certified public accountant, he keeps taking on these cases uh, for people and it ends up being hilarious. I, 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 it's, this is one of those things where every time I've shown this sitcom to anyone, they yes. have fallen in love with it and go, where's the next episode? <laughs> like, <laughs> And I, I swear, the second episode... Is I, I would put it in my top ten of all sitcom episodes of all time. Like it's one of the funny. I've watched it. I don't can't tell you how many times. As one of the best recurring bits, which I will not spoil on here. But it's, and right. the best part about this, as I'm as I'm selling it so hard, you can get it. Like you can yeah. go right now on iTunes. I think it's like eight, like twenty bucks or something, and you can get all six episodes, and they are well worth it because there is, is strange and sweet and funny, and and is uh, an overlooked treasure. Oh. Okay, did you you saw my expression? Yeah. Have we have we ever had the Andy Barker conversation? I don't think we have. Oh my god, no! It is okay. So you know, there's a little bit of a story behind the show. This show comes out. What is it? Two thousand seven. Two thousand seven. Yeah. So this this was this and another detective themed show that NBC had premiered. This was like the dawn of buying a TV show on iTunes. Oh, and I remember I did this because I bought the show on iTunes because I was just like, Ooh, let's yeah. see how this works. Right. And I've watched this show several times because yes. I just cause thought it was so funny and it's weird. Yeah. And it is, it's weird. Tony it's weird. Hale, Tony yeah, Hale's Tony a Hale, oh. that's right. Yeah. Pre arrested development. Tony. Hale. Oh, it, no, like say. totally. And, and you could just imagine how crazy. And then they had like funny, wasn't there, um, uh, Jesse Martin from his law. If you know who Jesse Martin is, he's the detective Ed Green from Law and Order. He right. has a cameo in one of the episodes in character from Law and Order. Like it's just totally 
surreal. Yeah, Amy and... Sedaris is in it. Yes, James Hong. <laughs> oh. And once again, there's Nestor Carbonell. I love Nestor Carbonell so much. Oh, this okay. Yeah, I just lit up. You said this because this yeah. was going to be my bonus. I was like, oh, well, okay, I don't... nice. And okay, no, it's and it's so weird. Like, I mean, so, listen, yeah. you're weird. hearing us gush about it. Yeah, you know, you know, there, there's not totally things right with both of us. Right. Let me just tell <laughs> We're you, a little bit. Like, <laughs> you you may watch this and go. I tell you, even if really? even, even if you even if if you trust my opinions at all, take two dollars. And yeah. by episode two, Fairway, My Lovely. Yes! It's, it's written by Jane Espenson from Buffy and uh, Alex Hirschlock, who I don't know, but I'm sure is great. Uh, so oh. I, I, I'm going to watch it tonight just because it, it, it gives me such fond memories of it. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So there's our 10. Yes! 10. Oh. So, but yeah, but but as as you know, ten is not nearly enough to do contain our things. So yeah, I do, do you have, have bonus. bonus. Yeah. So st- Andy Barker was one of yours that I stole. Well, no, it, it, it almost made oh, okay. my five. Like, All I mean, right. it was, it just, it just, you know, what happened is, no, I'll be honest with you. It was going to be, I, I put in flash forward and I wasn't, if I wasn't, wasn't sure I was going to use selfie because I, that's so recent, but yeah. I wanted to have the John Cho thing because I did love flash forward. Yeah. So it kind of, it would, it would have been in that spot, but, oh, what's uh, your, so, what? uh, my first, uh, I have two. Uh, okay. The first one I had is actually when, when we were talking about the concept of this episode, I talked about the show to you and you didn't even know it existed. So I thought maybe oh. people don't know it existed. Now I put it in honorable mention, not because it's the quality show, because you can't get it. And also, you never could have got it unless there's some uh, enterprising pirate out there, uh, because this is from 1995. It is a show that Fox, once again, cruelly canceled before its time, and it's called Strange Luck. So it was an hour-long show. It was a uh, drama-type show about a guy who had survived a plane crash and found he had the most bizarre luck. So every time he picked up a lottery ticket, he won. Uh, but then on the other side of it, he kept finding that he kept getting involved in other people's things because his luck runs hot and cold both times. So he can't really control what's going to happen. And he finds if he pushes his luck, then his luck will push back. So it was like this uh, you know, moody drama thing. It was very, very similar to the X-Files because it came out after the X-Files and they connected it to the X-Files. Like X-Files was oh. the hot show at the time. So at one point they actually... Say, you know, have a, a mention of Fox Mulder in one of the episodes uh, so that it connects, uh, so they could say, like, oh, it was in the same universe as it, too. It was a great, great show. D.B. Sweeney was the lead in that. Uh, Carl Schaefer is the guy who actually created the show. He also went on to create Erie, Indiana. Uh, if you're a fan of that show, too, that was another one that lasted a couple seasons, but uh, was a lot of fun and weird. So it came out, it aired once uh, every episode and never again. It was never released on DVD. It was never put on any streaming platform, never on uh, Blu-ray or anything else. It just ceased to exist. So the only way you can find it now is if somebody had taped it on a, vi- on a video cassette and uploaded it to one of those, uh, you know, less than illicit sites. Do you, do you know what's funny is that when you Google this, you get, if you could do an image search, you get a whole bunch of fan-made DVD copies. See? That's it. <laughs> that because... Because no one's released, so Fox, I don't know, yeah. this show is just sitting in your archives. Put it on something. Put it on Hulu. Put it on your streaming service. I mean, there's a thousand streaming services now. I mean, for God's sakes, Peacock would love to have some well, no, wait, content. Okay. And, and I'm going to be dumb for a second. Is this show, now this show is still owned by Fox Television. This is I not... believe so. I have not okay. I have not dig that deep into it to find yeah. out who actually was the company that put it right. out. But I think it was a Fox Fox, like it was a 20th Century Fox and then did it. 
But yeah, there's a lot of X Files DNA in there too. So yeah, so I say if you can find it, it's great. But I don't know, (laughs) you probably won't be able to find it. So my maybe possibly uh, somebody put it on YouTube. I have no idea. Yeah, we have nobody. The the IP police are not checking for that. Yeah, interesting. Uh, Okay, I I did feel like I had to put this on put this on here because even though the show failed, and I think that's what most people think, uh, I very much enjoyed it. And I know we've talked about it, mentioned it before. Studio sixty on the oh yes yes. this was the Aaron Sorkin. This was the follow-up sort of to uh, the West Wing and their take on, you know, how, what would it be like to produce Saturday Night Live? And yeah, of course, everyone knows the story. Or if you're not sure, this came out the same year that 30 Rock came out. And they're both yeah. kind of about the same thing. One of them yeah. was a, you know, comedy 23-minute format that everyone loved because it had incredible characters. This one was the drama take on it. Dramatic take, I should say. Mm-hmm. And loved it. Amazing cast. I thought it was great. Yeah. Boo. <laughs> so I had interesting, I had an interesting history with this show because I am a huge uh, Sorkin fan. Like I have sure. I have watched everything that he has ever done, including Malice. That's how big of a fan I am. But I never had finished Studio Sixty. I watched the first couple episodes and then sort of went. Uh, I don't know what at the time it was just like it was not catching for me. So I just let it go, thinking that's oh, Aaron Sorkin. It's going to be around for like ten seasons. Oh uh, yeah, about that. right. Uh, so then I let it go, and then it got canceled, and then you know disappeared, and then sort of it was always on my list of like oh, I should go back and look at that, and then I didn't, and I didn't, and I didn't, and I didn't, and it just has been always out there. You know, he's new stuff comes out. I watch all of Newsroom. I watch uh, you know uh, oh, Trials yeah. Chicago Seven, all that stuff, and then. Finally, that I was on a podcast with our own handsome Tommy, uh, and he was talking about how much he loves Studio 60, even though it, even with its flaws. And I was like, I haven't, why haven't I gone back and watched that? So over you know all this time I had, <laughs> I downloaded it and I watched every episode. So like oh, like within the last you know couple months, I have finally seen all of Studio 60. Oh, uh, and, and so- I agree. And what do you think? Like, I, it, it has some issues because it doesn't know what it wants to be. Like a lot of these shows, they they come out and they know exactly what they are. I mean, even the right. ones that I was saying, even though they got canceled, you know, Daybreak knew what it was, Wonder Falls knew what it was, but Studio Sixty didn't really know what it wanted to be because it was trying to cover so many bases. Right. Um, but then once it's sort of the, in the middle, when it sort of got, it was also fighting a lot of battles at the same time, where it was yeah. like, okay, it's this is a drama show about a comedy show. You don't need to like take on the U.S. <laughs> like my, every problem we have about the you don't, you don't take on the war and oh, censorship yeah. and oh. you know it's like and 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 the and the right wing like okay like slow down like you know no I, I mean and and they always tried to be so edgy with their cold open right yeah. that was like the big thing I remember the first episode and it was edgy and it was re- and it was really good yeah it, they got way too involved if I remember correctly um, I thought the whole subplot with Amanda Pete's ca- executive character yes. got really bogged down. Yeah. At least I, I wasn't a big fan of that. But okay, but my favorite part of that show to this day, I spent a year, if not more, at one point trying to find out how to get one of these. I wanted the countdown clock that Matthew yes. Perry's character had in his office. <laughs> yeah. That was amazing. <laughs> yeah. You can I, now sort of do it like with the or or do you know, you know, like a like a Raspberry Pi box, but no, I wanted that one. <laughs> like and this box for, for people wondering what it, we're talking about. He had a clock that would count down 
seven days down to the yeah, start of the show. Their their show aired Friday nights, you know, right? And live. That was. I mean, the idea was it, it was it was in a world where Saturday Night Live existed, but like their show, Studio Sixty on the Sunset Strip, was a competitor of Saturday Night Live. So it aired Fridays always live. Uh, and so they, he had a countdown clock to the to the start of the show every time. So then every time the show would end, then the countdown clock would just reset, and then count down seven days until he because he had to write the show in that amount of time. I love that so much. <laughs> just the idea um, that it never ends. I mean, like obviously, obviously Bradley Whitford we know is amazing. Oh, uh, yeah. Everything he does is great, and Matthew Perry again great. But uh, the the people that really blew me out of the water were Amanda Peet. Is yeah. so great in the show. Oh like, yes, yeah, no, she's great. No, just I the mean, character was weird. The, what not they everybody, did with the character. Yes, not yeah. everybody can do Sorkin dialogue and stuff too. And she was one of the best characters on that entire show. Uh, and also Stephen Weber. Yes, as Jack Rudolph, like as the as the cold you know executive who like you learn more about him as the show goes on. But I think they're doing some of the best work of their careers in the show, and like nobody saw it. Yeah. Well, yeah. even uh, Sarah Paulson. Yep, is, is out and, and the character she's playing is so opposite of who yeah, she is i mean very, very clearly based on christian chenoweth yeah is that oh that is right that's right yes that's because that, that because uh because aaron sorkin had a a long-term relationship with christian chenoweth and she had a lot of the same <laughs> quirks and beliefs and uh things uh, about that so it's yeah that. you can i mean uh, but that's that's not like telling tales out of school because like if no, i've read no. christian chenoweth's autobiography and uh aaron sorkin writes a chapter of it so like they're on good terms yeah. Yeah, no, no, that's fine. Um, but like and Simon then, Helberg, before he was on Big Bang Theory, is on this. Oh, as, yeah. As like the impressions of the show. And he has like a recurring bit where he's doing Nicolas Cage. And he does a fantastic Nicolas Cage. Uh, and uh, I loved uh, Nate Cordry in this. Yes. Who, yeah, Nate uh, really good. Uh, Rob Cordry's uh, brother. And yep. uh, this... It, it's like, it, like is is it a flawed show? Yes. Yes. However, like there's the the good outweighs the bad, and I I really enjoyed watching all the way through it, and I'm sure I will watch it again. Don't you think this? Okay, of all the shows on this list, yes, this is the show. If it had a second season, it would have had it would have been out there it would have for been a while. Phenomenal. Yes. Yeah, like it would have like yeah, it would have like turned everybody around. Yeah. Yes, I like, was, totally I mean, believe that. I have seen. I, I mean, like. I have seen way rougher first seasons, like pretty much, let's say, every Star Trek season. Right. <laughs> first season of every, every show, Star right. Trek show is usually pretty awful. Sorry, yeah. Trek fans, it's true. Yeah, like you no, look at true. no one, no one ever looks at a Trek show and goes, "Yeah, but it's never as good as the first season." Well, <laughs> except for Enterprise. Enterprise is first. No, I'm mm. kidding. That's a joke. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, yeah, yeah, <laughs> but yeah. I think that they were he really would have turned it around in that one, but yeah, never really got the chance. Uh, so then my my other honorable mention, and I didn't pick it because it has a happy ending, uh, was a little show called Police Squad. Oh. So in 1982, uh, the Zucker Brothers came out with the Police Squad, which was a now it's hard to watch it as a parody because all the stuff it's parodying is gone. So like right. you watch it now and like it's just funny. So it's like it, so. But the nice thing about Police Squad is that eventually it became a feature film called The Naked Gun, and they did several sequels off of that. Uh, but the original episodes are really really funny because they're so silly. It's like if you were a fan of Airplane, it's the same guys. Yeah, but that's what that was available on DVD. I'm not. I don't know if it's still in print or not, but it is definitely worth checking out. It's really, really funny. Leslie Nielsen. Um, and then my other. Okay, so my my bonus, just in case. Well, see, in case any of them got taken. This was this was a very recent show on CBS that did not last very long. It had a great cast: Jane Lynch, uh, Maggie Lawson, Kevin Pollock, uh, Angel from Hell. 
Oh, I, I remember seeing the promos for that, but I never actually watched the episodes. Yeah, we we did watch it. We were committed. We thought it was we thought it was charming and boom, no. So and I think you can still get that on CBS All Access or whatever it's called. Do you mean Paramount today. Plus? Paramount which, whenever that's happening. <laughs> I, think, I think it is still a CBS All Access. Still right all ac- yeah. No, that and, and I mean, you know, again, I mean not not something that's gonna, you know, blow you away, but we we definitely much enjoyed it. So I did have a bonus. I had a bonus recovery one just in case well there you go okay so yeah there's our 10 and and some extra ones as well so hopefully between those you'll be able to find something that you'll uh, enjoy watching uh if not like these these are all worthy shows that are are worthy of us more attention in this in this age of of streaming shows like you people who are worried about your show getting canceled after the third season come on like sometimes we only there's some things i say i only lasted like two episodes and there were yeah Or come on, these shows that like had their half their seasons dumped on Hulu. Like, right. I mean, jeez. Anyway, yeah. Andy Barker, watch the Andy, Andy Barker. Barker yeah, so if nothing else, watch oh. Andy Barker. It's so good. <laughs> like contact Andy Richter and be like, why aren't you doing more sitcoms? Because you're so good. Oh. Sorry. All right. So thank you all for listening. We'll be back when uh, we can think of another <laughs> ten things we want to talk about. And from this show, it looks like we, we could do another take ten on uh, one and done shows because there's a lot of them we didn't even mention. I as we, as you were talking, I thought about all the ones from the '80s that I loved that were oh, yeah. Misfits of Science and you know like oh. all of these. <laughs> <laughs> all these shows that uh, thought they were going to be the next big thing and ended up being a uh, footnote in the history books. Yeah. But all worthy of your time and love. So thank you all for listening. We'll see you on the next show. Bye. End program. I love the conversations that so many of our hosts have had on their shows. Steve and JJ on Trailer Rewind, Ray and Ocean on Silver Linings, even Tommy's short-lived No, No, Wait, Hear Me Out. And so many films they've discussed started out as a book, a play, or even a TV series. Well, now you can support our whole family of podcasts by using our new Originals page to buy the original source material used to inspire films covered on our shows. Just visit thenextreel.com slash originals. Your purchases made through our links give us a small commission at no extra cost to you and allow us to keep having these fantastic conversations. It's a wonderful way to support the show. Producing these podcasts week after week require a ton of work behind the scenes. If you'd like to help support our efforts, try using our originals page when shopping for books and movies that we've covered. It's your one-stop shop for Amazon and Apple links where you can buy the book, play, video game, movie, etc. upon which the movie is based. Original material for trailer rewind movies like If Beale Street Could Talk, The Goldfinch, Aniara, or The Two Faces of January. Or Silver Linings movies like Repo Men, which was based on the repossession Mambo. Plus, by using those links to buy books, Amazon and Apple show us a little bit of love, which allows you to support our family of shows with minimal effort. Visit thenextreel.com slash originals. It's a fantastic way to support the show and find a great book to read. That's right. Head over to thenextreel.com slash originals to find your next read and get started today. Get started today.